Welcome to the Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, and the rest of our hosts will be introduced in just a second. But right now, coming to the stage, very talented, very wonderful. Please welcome to the stage, Mickey XO. Thank you so much. Hello, hello, Smoke Break audience. My name is Mickey XO. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm going to sing a few tunes for you real quick before we get started with our podcast. The first song I'm going to sing is about uh, finally loving myself after going through a really hard time in life, and uh, it's called Moonlight. feeling like uh, I was trapped and I kept ending up back in the same place mentally. It's called Fake Gold. Exhaustion fear 
so much. This last song is a song I wrote about being bipolar and uh, the constant struggle of feeling like you don't want to get lost the too hot for yourself. Oh, the song is called War. <laughs>
has been Mickey XO and we will be right back after a commercial break. Springtime is almost here and like the flowers, we hope you bloom where you decide to plant yourself. Do you have a small business or have you been thinking about starting one? We are here to help you establish roots that lead to blossoms of success and all other dad jokes and bad metaphors. Reach out for a free 30-minute consultation to discuss your business legal needs or branch out and attend one of our upcoming The More You Glow seminars. These are community-oriented learning events that focus on all sorts of small business and nonprofit topics. Tickets are sliding scale, $5 to $20, and you can visit our website, rationalunicorn.com, for more information. That's rationalunicorn.com. Through all the seasons, we do community business law for everyone in the community. And welcome back to The Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, Joel Pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. And Mickey XO. Hey, yo. Thank you so much for that musical performance. Yeah, that was that was great. super dope. Thank you so much. I had a good time doing it. Yeah, it yeah. The, uh, the Something that you had said was, uh, I'm at war with myself. Um, how does that lyric go? Just uh, um, I'm at war with myself, um, a reflection in the mirror, even when I can't see her. Ooh, ooh, bars, bars. I'm not allowed in them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think I really just can empathize with that because I feel like that kind of connects to like, for me at least, you know, having like a breakdown, you know, it's just like I'm at war with myself. I'm fighting myself. I'm fighting my own emotions. Um, what's, does, what place does a breakdown kind of have for you in your life and kind of your creative process? Unfortunately, a big one. <laughs> I can relate. I can um. relate. <laughs> Um, back in the day, I was misdiagnosed with depression, and I would have a pretty serious breakdown about once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. um, and was able to grow from it. Now that I'm properly diagnosed, it's happened I think once in the last three years. So wow, progress, congrats. yeah, yeah, that's huge and it progress. Wasn't, it wasn't as insanely intense as it was before. I still have like smaller breakdowns, but not like huge ones like before. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that because I kind of recently myself just had like a, a period where it was like everything just kind of got overwhelming and I just had to like take a step back from myself and from the things that like I really enjoyed and had to, you know, just take some time to reconnect. Um, Zoe, what about you? What about uh, breakdowns kind of resonates with you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can relate as well. I had like kind of I had I got kind of depressed like, or really depressed, actually, after I graduated from grad school, which is like a weird thing. I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but like. Sometimes like after a big like exciting thing, which was it was just like so much momentum like building. Yeah. And I got really, really de like more depressed than I had been in a really long time. But I also think it motivated me to like 
push myself to figure out who I was like after school, you know? So yeah, yeah. I think I, there's growth involved too. Yeah. And I think that's like kind of an important thing to acknowledge is that like there can be a lot of growth that comes out of that because I feel like when it's happening, we're just like, oh no, I'm having a breakdown. Oh mm-hmm. no, I'm not my best self. But like being able to look at that, you know, almost like clarity that you have afterwards of just like, okay, uh, something I think you had said earlier is just like kind of finding out the people who are there for you, you know, the people who can handle that. Yeah, absolutely. You find out, I think a lot of things, at least I do when I have my breakdowns is um, when you're in them, they're really intense and you obviously don't want to be there. But after kind of the dust is settled, I found out like who's in my corner. I usually have some kind of revelation about myself. I find a lot of solace in art and like using that as a a, a tool for my art and making sure that I'm expressing it in a healthy way and kind of getting it fully out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel like uh, expressing things through art kind of like helps you, you know, either through that breakdown or almost preventative of the breakdown of like, if I'm processing everything through art, then I don't have this big revelation of just like, oh my God, everything's too much. Do you feel like that's ever the case? Or is it after kind of usually? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's the case. Um, I feel like as wrong as it probably is to say, some of my best artwork comes from breakdowns. And so sure, not so much that I welcome them, but it's, it's a opportunity and I like to take that opportunity to really make something good out of it and make it like a worthwhile breakdown you know it's not just a breakdown that's a crazy moment it's a breakdown that's gonna give me something out of it I'm gonna get some kind of clarity some kind of art something valuable from it yeah yeah so you're just less afraid of it yeah basically yeah yeah Yeah. um so if somebody were like having a breakdown what would you think would be something that you could do that would be supportive Zoe well, I guess, honestly, it's really good to help, like, I think a good quality if you have, well, one, I was going to say, like, something I think that you were saying, like, if you're someone who has, uh, like, knows your patterns around your mental health, or, you know, if you have a cyclical, like, you know, a mood disorder that is cyclical by nature, which I think a lot of, mood, you know, I think that's common, but sure. I think it's super valuable to know that, right, because then, like, it's almost like you're like, this isn't going to be the last one, unfortunately, like, I know this is part of my pattern and part of my like mental cycle, you know, so I think figuring out a way to like find the silver lining and figuring out a way to like channel it into your art and sort of like embrace that this is like part of your experience, like probably helps not it not feel like this is the end of the world. Every time it happens, you're kind of like, okay, well, I know I can learn from this. Yeah. I know it's only going to be a certain amount of time. Yeah. But then to answer your question, Zane, I was thinking like, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but um, like when you have like a lot of people that when you have friends that struggle where I do too, you know, that uh, like letting people know what is helpful when you're not struggling yeah. as much can be a really valuable asset for the friendship and for like you and your, the support that you get because um, yeah, just like then people know what, what yeah. you need when they're going through that. Well, and I think even just kind of explaining what would be most helpful when you're not in crisis, you know, cause yeah. like crisis is kind of what I would equivalent, like make the equivalent of like having a breakdown is like yeah, it's another uh, way of saying it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, yeah. yeah yeah but i mean i think like that was something my mom always tried to get me to do was be like hey tell me what you need when you're not in this yeah fucking very intense high emotion mood because yeah. yeah like she wants to help but when i don't even know what i'm looking for in those moments yeah absolutely my mom is like my biggest supporter best friend everything which i don't know if that sounds corny to say no i like that but uh minus two she was for a long time <laughs> the only one that saw me when i had these intense breakdowns or anything and I felt awful because she would always say, what can I do to help? And I had to just tell her, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you can do. And like, there's, she'd be like, do you want a hug? And I was like, sure. But it didn't really fix anything. Or she's like, do you want me to be like honest with you? Like kind of straight talk you? Do you want me to like coddle you a little bit? And it was just so different every time. I could just never give her an answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I know she really wanted to help. And so 
once the dust settled, um, I kind of would reflect on it and try to think of, okay, well, what would have helped in that situation? And really, there isn't anything. I tend to self-isolate when I'm in that situation. But mm-hmm. when I come out of it, that's when I want the the love, the hugs, all that yeah. kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like even just making a point of, hey, when I come out of this, I'm going to need some a little bit of extra support, you know? Yeah, like totally. while I'm in it, I don't know what I want. Yeah. But, you know, when I'm out of it, these are the things that I'm looking for. Yeah. I like the way you're describing it too, like when the dust settles, because that makes me think about it, like how it's like a storm kind of and that the, why there's so much like lack of clarity in that because there's so many things happening at once and so many of our issues get like brought up and swirling around, you know? So I like that, like the dust settles because yeah, it's almost like nothing is really clear when it's all stormy like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely, I can definitely relate to that kind of dust settling feeling of just like, okay, I was there. Sorry. That was really intense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, that I can acknowledge, but you know, now that like I'm feeling less like that, you know, and I think like the, the support that comes after is, is super important because, you know, like, like I said, in the moment, like we really don't know what we want, but like afterwards, it's just like, Hey, I was also there for that. I also know it was intense. And like the thing that's not going to make me feel better is you reacting to me. Like I'm still that person who's in crisis. Well, yeah, and also maybe like what not to do too. That could be something too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what 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 not to do? Yeah. If, did you ever land on anything like that consistently since you like? It's it just was, like please don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it was um, the thing that bothers me a lot is unless somebody also has bipolar disorder and they say I understand what you're going through, it's like a trigger to be like yeah. you don't though. Like you have even yes. if you do have bipolar, every breakdown is so unique and different. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it can be over different things and like I think the other thing is problem solving, where in that moment. I do want the problem solved, but that's not going to change my moods right now. Ooh, yeah, that's a I good mean. point. Yeah, like I would like to problem solve after and we can think of solutions and things like that. But in the moment, I just need to like feel all of this mm-hmm. and get it out in somehow, some kind of words, some kind of healthy way. Yeah. Um, I actually talked to my psychiatrist and he had a really good solution of buying dollar store plates and then going to like somewhere with concrete and just smashing them. Oh. So I've always had this feeling of like, I have like almost a rage. I need to like punch something or break something and like, I obviously don't want to break anything or obviously hurt anybody, especially myself. And so I never had that like way of releasing. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, just buy like $5 store plates and smash them. And like, as soon as I would do that, I would kind of come out of it and I would feel not normal, but I would feel a lot better about myself. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a really uh, good point that you bring up. Just the idea of like addressing the mood first and then addressing what would help make that mood like less. You know, like just being able to hold space for the fact that like you're having these really heavy emotions right now, but Mm -hmm. like you need to work through that part first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? How's that been working out? (laughs) Really well, actually. Yeah. 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 I think it's a big reason I've had such a lapse in breakdowns over a while. That's so cool that they helped you figure that out. Yeah. It was. He's the best psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool because like that could work for some person. Right. And then like not or not work nearly as well. But like he suggested it and you were like, this actually like really works. Like Yeah. That and uh, he suggested too like uh, having a mantra. Mm -hmm. I think he said it was um, think, feel, relax. And so you just kind of repeat that over and you kind of meditate and it's supposed to kind of help you at least calm down. Mm-hmm. Even if you still have all those emotions, you're at least a little more calm about it. Yeah. And then you can kind of think of where you're at, what space you're in, how to adapt and how to like relax and calm down. Yeah. yeah. No, I really appreciate that. Something that like I'd recently, I've been talking to a, uh, what is it? Hypnotherapist. Thank you. You got this. Yeah. I've been talking to a hypnotherapist and he's been helping me a lot. And something that like he's, he had like kind of had me run through last time is like, I was saying that like I was having a really hard time with like perspective and stuff because it's like, I can't trust my perspective. 
Uh, but he kind of ran me through this thing where he's like, all right, so like you're up in space, you're tethered down to earth, but like, you know, you, you have this huge perspective on like everything. So like whenever I feel myself getting like too focused oh. in and being like, I think I see it like this. I just imagine that little spaceman hovering out there. It's like a visual there. zoom out. Yeah. Yeah. Like visual a, zoom yeah, out of cool. like, okay, this is, we're up here. We're looking at the planet and yeah. whatever problem I have, isn't this like hyper-focused. Super mind- yeah. Yeah. Acute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah, it's That's a it's cool. it's a cute problem uh, yeah. to have. That's me. No, okay. no acute. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. I was just like, well, it seems kind of big to me, but whatever. I'm all. It's really great to just patronize people's problems. That's a, no, I'm an acute. Like, okay, space very, man. Yeah, no, very specific versus like no, but that's actually advice I try. I give people a lot of the time when they're like when, myself too. Like if I'm really stressed out, try, try to zoom out. But I like that he gave you like a visual way to like picture yeah. yourself, yeah. like visually, like your whole body zoomed out from the world. Yeah, because yeah. I like that. <laughs> no, it's, tools it's, are so important, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, what tools help you post breakdown? Ooh, um, definitely love and support from the people around me. Yep. I've kind of grown to find the right people in my corner. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but having somebody in your corner that doesn't—they don't have to understand, but that doesn't work with you and try to help you and is afraid of you is not going to be healthy for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of friends where I felt like I couldn't tell them anything because I was like, oh, I don't know how they're going to react. I think they might hate me. They might not want to be my friend anymore. And I've slowly kind of gotten in this mindset. Well, if they're going to react like that, then we probably can't be close. We can be friends, but like yeah. probably not going to work out anyways. Yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd say that. And then I would say um, doing something that you genuinely enjoy like so for me sitting down and writing music or for somebody like sitting down and watching your favorite tv show and just kind of disassociating and just decompressing and just letting all the emotions kind of drain out of you before you really start to think of a plan and like what to do or like call your psychiatrist that kind of stuff yeah well and i really like what you said about like i can be friends with this person but i can't be close with them Yeah. yeah i think that that's like realizing the difference between like the place that people have in our life is that like they can be friends with us but they might not be close with us or they might be close with us but they might not be friends with us yeah Yeah. (laughs) well yeah i like that idea too because sometimes i think like i've beat myself up before like why like i'm sometimes certain people i just rub the wrong way or vice versa you know and i think Mm. sometimes we think like oh i should be likable to everybody or whatever but i think like just accepting that we're different than people and that like certain people aren't going to get us and vice versa and they're or they're not going to make us feel good when we're going through something hard right like it might be somebody that you like seeing out but you're, they're not going to be the person you're going to call when you're having yeah. a breakdown or you know something like that so i think like that's like it's kind of like a boundary but but it's also gives people space to like be who they are you know yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. well like just understanding that like everybody has a different space in our life that you know that they may hold like that some people can be there during the breakdown some people are there to be there after the breakdown mm-hmm. some people aren't meant to be there at all because mm-hmm. they can't handle any part of it so yeah yeah yeah, we've all been around like someone when you're having a, like a panic attack and they make it worse. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, you are literally said the wrong, like the one thing you could have not, like you shouldn't no, have said I've, yet. I've talked about it before, but my ex used to give me hugs when I was having a panic attack. Oh, yeah. no. And I'm like, you I already don't like hugs. So being constricted when I like can't breathe is not what's yeah. helping. But Bro, like, I don't need it. They, people try to help in the ways that they think that like the, the things that might help them. They're like, oh, I would like a hug right now. And I'm yeah. just like, I fucking wouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's a whole like, that's a whole like letting people know if you can let them know what does and doesn't work for you as much as you know can really be valuable for the friendship on both ends right because then you don't like cross someone's you know make something worse for someone that you're trying to help and you don't end up like resenting the people that love you because they're trying trying to to help help. yeah yeah Yeah, like it's good for everybody involved if you let people know what works and what doesn't work so definitely definitely so um 
with breakdowns in the past, what's like been a a story where you feel like you really triumphed? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. I think the single that we that I just performed, War, that felt like a really big triumph because I had that breakdown and I wrote that song and I feel like it's one of the best songs I've ever written. Yeah, I it's, really like uh, that song. It's very dynamic. It's got a flow to it. And the, just the lyrics were just so honest. And um, I don't know. I try to get really poetic with it too, of course, because it's music. Yeah. But yeah, that song was definitely one of my biggest triumphs. The other song I performed, um, Fake Gold, I'd say was another really big triumph for me personally. Um, that song was a lot. It's a lot about how I would have these breakdowns every year and I feel like I ended up in the same place in the same spot. And actually after writing that song, things kind of changed. Really? I got properly diagnosed. I stopped kind of ending up in that spot. And for a minute I was like, how can I perform this if I don't really feel it anymore? Mm. Yeah. But I just tend to go back to that space. And, you know, I had a breakdown fairly recently about a month ago and it kind of put me back in that space. And I was like, I can still perform this song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> you could relate to it again almost or like reconnected yeah. with it. It's like, yeah. a, that's kind of like how jokes are too. Sometimes like when you have jokes that you're like wrote at a different time in your life and then you try to tell them you're like, it's like, it's not funny right now. Like I have a joke that I used to do that always did really well. It hasn't been doing well lately. Cause I feel like I'm annoyed with it. Like it doesn't <laughs> feel as authentic anymore, Yeah. but I could totally see that where like, it might feel more authentic. Like next time I go through that, you know, yeah. I'll start yeah. saying it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, and just even recognizing that like, this is something that got you through like a period and it was something that you heavily related to and that like maybe even if you're not currently relating to it there's still room for somebody else to you know find truth in that and be like oh yeah I've definitely been there or I'm still there right now yeah absolutely I actually um when I when I wrote war and I released it it was the first time I really talked about being bipolar with anybody outside of my mom and I found out that one of my close friends was bipolar because when I released it she reached out to me yeah she was like I'm bipolar as well and then slowly through like out my life I feel like every like week I meet somebody now that's bipolar and it's just because I talk about it more. Yeah. And then it kind of gives somebody a space to be like, oh, I am too. And then mm -hmm. it's really fun. Well, fun. Might it's a blast. Yeah. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> it's really nice because then I, I have somebody I can talk to when I'm going through stuff. I have somebody that relates to what I'm going through. Someone who actually does understand. Yeah. That was a lot. A big part of those breakdowns was that I felt like I was completely alone and yeah. I kinda, nobody talked to about it. And if I talked to somebody about it, it would freak them out. And like, yeah. And so having that and coming, having that, come out of a song is just probably the best part I think yeah I like that it's like you channeled it through your art and then it was you were able to connect with people that you were like people that were close to you but you hadn't connected over that yeah I like that that it was like their music that was like oh actually we're both going through the same thing even though like, like you couldn't t you didn't necessarily like, talk about it but you sang about it and then they got it I like that that's like a cool, yeah yeah cool way to like share with people well that was like that was people. actually what we connected over because when I had like performed I'd done music and comedy and I had talked about either having bipolar or experiencing it with like my music and you just came up you're like oh yeah no I can totally relate and I was just like okay cool and it's like somebody oh, who cute. does totally relate yeah that was your guys' meet cute yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was it was it was pretty sweet but I I would say that like by being more transparent about what's going on it is the thing that allows other people to not feel so alone in that you know totally, and yeah. being able to to talk about it even if it's something that is still kind of fresh to you um, that's it, it, it creates a, a point of connection where there might not have been one because sometimes when we do feel this stuff we do kind of isolate we do kind of think that yeah. we're the only one going through it we do we do have all these like interpretations of how it's uh of how it's going and i think that there's just a lot of power in uh being transparent and i appreciate that that's something that you do in your music thank you i appreciate that's something you do in your music too yeah, yeah. I, well thank you thank you <laughs> i like that because it, like it's not only did it make you're like ideally helping other people feel 
less alone, you also like made yourself feel less alone in the same process. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's extra cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Cheers to you, my friends. You're listening to Shady Pines Radio. My name is Nate. And each Friday at 9 a.m., I bring you Burnt Coffee. All things Northwest and Tour and Acts. Only on Shady Pines Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And we are back with the smoke break. We might have figured out our technical difficulties. Uh, I'm your host, your old pal Zade, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. And Mickey XO. Hey, yo. All right. So uh, this next portion, I would like uh, Zoe, take it away. <laughs> we wanted to talk about neurodivergence because we we chatted and we all identify as being neurodivergent. And then I got curious and I was like, what exactly does it mean? Because I think there's a lot of like, good question. it's like a buzzword, you know, so I looked it up and I think this is what I thought, which is basically like anything that makes your brain different, like the way that your brain develops different is considered a neurodivergence, I guess, but it's also not a medical term. So that's probably important yeah. to say, but it's kind of like an umbrella term for anything where like if your brain chem like chemistry or design is different and like often yeah. think people with ADHD or with people with ADHD often identify as neurodivergent. But I also think like Meant a lot of people with mental illnesses identify as neurodivergent too. So I just thought it would be cool to talk about. I identify as having ADHD. And uh, I was just wondering, like, yeah, with you, like, do you identify? Well, we, we agreed we all identify as neurodivergent, but like, what is that? But do you still? No, yeah, but like, what, yeah, like, what does that look like for you? Or like, how did that process of identifying that way, like, look for you, I guess? Uh, yeah, definitely I identify as neurodivergent still. Yeah, still. Cool. <laughs> not five minutes ago, still now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm diagnosed with ADHD and I also have bipolar two. Mm -hmm. And um, I was misdiagnosed with depression for 11 years, which I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And so for a while, I identified as that. I think um, a lot of it came to fruition with misdiagnoses. I wasn't diagnosed for both things until a lot later in life. Mm -hmm. Bipolar disorder, I was about 25, which I think is pretty typical with people that are bipolar. Yeah. Um, and then ADHD, I was diagnosed in. I don't remember the exact year, but like I think my senior year of college. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember. Wow, that's a late diagnosis. Yeah. I remember the guy that diagnosed me. He's like, not only are you in the top one percentile, he's like, I just don't understand how you've made it this far in education. Yeah. With, like without being medicated. And I was like, me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think that's a really good point to bring up is that like, you know, if you are uh, diagnosed, you know, then it's a little bit easier to support you. Um, oh, absolutely. What yeah. what difference do you think it would have made for you uh, had you gotten a diagnosis earlier? Oh, man, huge difference. I would have been on the right medication. I would have been able to identify what I was going through more accurately. Mm -hmm. When I was on medication for depression, they kept, I think I went through 17 medication changes. Wow. And That's it was wild. like upping my medication. It was changing medications. I was on 150 milligrams of Zoloft at one point. Jesus. Yeah, per day. So I didn't mean to judge, but no, God, no, that's no, a lot. That's, no, I don't know the percentage. I'm judging your doctor, not you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think by then they'd be like, something's probably not working here. Yes. Um, yeah, and I even actually brought up the fact that I might be bipolar a couple of times, and they were like, oh, no, I don't think so. They're like, I, you'll feel differently in a sec. Yeah, they're like, we just got up your medications. <laughs> I'm like, that's not, I was like, me being naive, I'm like, that sounds great, cool. Yeah, like, whatever's cool. going to help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Zane? 
How do you, Let's what's see. Your... I, I identify as having ADHD and I identify as having bipolar um, also. Not bipolar 2. I'm not sure which one it actually is. But um, I have like more of a rapid cycling where it's like, hey, everything's going great. No, it's all awful. It's all bad. It'll never be good again. And it'll be amazing for forever. And it's bad again for forever. So that's <laughs> that's bipolar for me. Uh <laughs> But I would say that, you know, if I had gotten diagnosed earlier, um, which I actually had gotten diagnosed with bipolar earlier, I just didn't believe it, you know? And I feel like that's kind of like a tendency that we have Mm -hmm. is, you know, we get the diagnosis and we're just like, no, that's what crazy people have. And it's just like, well, you're one of them. Uh, (laughs) It's also like that paranoia, too, that like pops up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I don't want these labels. I don't, you know, if this is true, what does this mean for me? So I had a really difficult time, but I think it would have given me a lot of like clarity into you know why I was doing what I was doing why I was having such dramatic mood swings the paranoia like that's that's something that I'm finding out a lot of people with bipolar struggle with and Mm -hmm. that's something that like I had no idea I was just like no everyone's vampires and they won't tell me (laughs) like I was I was convinced of it you know and it's like I feel like just understanding more about myself and understanding what other people are going through has just made like that struggle a little bit easier to to navigate Mm -hmm. 100% yeah no I can relate to I think for me it was like a lot of like shame and like low self-esteem and stuff, I think was definitely a big outcome of being different and not understanding that I was different because of something specific about my brain and just thinking I was like difficult and yeah annoying. And yeah. And like certain stuff was just like not interesting to me enough that I just, I still am the same way. Like if something's not interesting to me, my brain just like bloop, just shuts off. Like I don't. Yeah. And and even now, like I've, I've taken medication, I've not taken it, but I, I think if I would have got diagnosed younger, I don't know that I would have like, necessarily wanted to medicate when I was younger that my parents would have but I think it would have helped me with my self-worth and with a lot of shame I think I internalized a lot of shame and something you said made me think about this is like a lot of people mask like like because there there isn't as much like uh I don't know research about like female identified people with ADHD I feel like for people that are socialized as females I think that like uh, a lot of women I've talked to that identify as having the ADHD now and like a later a later in life diagnosis are like, I just thought I had to do everything to try like a million times harder than everybody. And I think maybe that's also like part of the way we're socialized. But yeah, I feel like I've heard that a lot. Like, oh, I was just, I thought it was normal to be working like twice as hard as everybody else. And just not saying it was harder because we just have to deal with it. Like, is that ring true for you? Yeah. Or just feeling like, oh, everybody else works this hard too. And I'm just not aware of it. Yeah. Because we're, yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm just keeping it inside. Yeah. But if you were like, this is really hard. Somebody might have been like, oh, it doesn't actually have to be that hard or it's not that hard for me. And then, yeah, maybe you could have. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing our struggles can help us like notice that we're actually dealing with something maybe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I like what you said about the the shame aspect because like I think there was a lot of shame for me with the bipolar because like my moods were so out of control and that's like the thing that everyone's just like, no, just have a positive attitude and oh like just get over it. And it's like being distracted is something that like people might have a little bit more compassion for. But like when moods are extreme, people mm-hmm. are a lot less patient. They're mm-hmm. a lot less patient. If you get angry easily, if you yeah. get sad easily, like people are just like, why don't you just not think about the things that make you feel like that? And it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you don't know this, but I have ADHD and I'm thinking about all of the things mm-hmm. that make me sad, mad and fucking mm-hmm. glad sometimes, depending on how bipolar I'm feeling. I just thought of something like maybe because the moods are extreme, like maybe part of the reason why it's so hard is other people feel triggered sometimes by like, right? Because like if you're angry and like it's maybe it's not really directed at the people around you, but it feels like it is to them and they don't understand what you're going through. Then it's like in that way, like and I could relate to that just being like a sensitive, emotional person. Like you can evoke emotions in other people when you're struggling and then those and it can just be exacerbate. Yeah. Like what you're dealing with. Yeah. No, I think that that's that's a really good point to bring up is just that like, yeah, there is a certain amount of like dealing with 
uh, other people dealing with what they're seeing in us, you know? Yeah. Um, have you felt like the people in your life have been understanding of your neurodivergence? Um, I feel like it's been I, same thing with me. Like I didn't get diagnosed until like a couple, like I really got re-diagnosed a couple years ago and I'm almost 39. So like I went most of my life, like knowing I had it, but like kind of not really believing in it or like sure. poo-pooing it a little bit, you know? So I think that's why, um, no, I don't feel, I feel like, and even now I feel like, oh, people are like, oh, whatever. Like, like the people that know me forever have known me forever. They just know the way I am, but they're yeah. like, oh yeah, we're all whatever. But I'm like, tell me I'm not like, especially yeah. Yeah. talkative. And like, I interrupt and I try to finish people's sentences and like, you know, I do all the things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that are my, I think it's also maybe like my age, like people were a little less likely to be, cause I think it's when people first started getting diagnosed and there was a lot of like over medication. So I think yeah. there are some like, there's some stigma around it. Yeah. No, that's understandable. Yeah. And it's like everyone's ADHD now. I'm like, yeah, I just think there were a lot of people that were and they just didn't have room to talk about it. And so there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork being like, I think I'm different. Yes. But people really like to be like, well, that's how you should prove that it's fake. And you're like, no, how about that's how we just prove that like people didn't have a voice before, right? Like, yeah. But I feel like that argument is used for a lot of stuff. Like, well, now everyone's this or everyone's that. It's like everyone always was different. We just didn't let them express it, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. What about you, Mickey? Uh, do you feel like you've had like some acceptance for your neurodivergence? Uh, definitely not at first. <laughs> okay. Uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in a military household where, like, oh, yeah. even emotions are just, like, a no-go. Yeah. Let alone a mental illness. Sure. So, Similar. Yeah. When I first got, so first before I was diagnosed, I actually found out that something, like, might be off when um, I was dating my ex-boyfriend. And he did a lot of, like, research on psychology and stuff. And he's like, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. He's like, but I don't think you're, like, I think there's, like, something, like, different with your brain. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like, oh, thank okay. you. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I didn't really know how to take it at first. Yeah. I'm like, is that, like, a bad thing or a good thing? And, like, I kind of did some self-reflection, and I was like, yeah, I think he might be right. So I talked to my parents because I was in, like, high school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think I should go see, like, a psychiatrist or psychologist. And they were both like, no, you're fine. And I think... Super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, cool. I just, I just have to suffer. You're right. Silence. We don't need to look at this and all. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> She's like pretty self-aware for a teenager to be like, I think I need some help, you know? Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think my parents, I think every parent doesn't want to believe there's something like wrong with their child. Not that it's wrong, but like, yeah, yeah, their I think perception a lot of people of see it. it. Yeah. There's a lot of stigma about mental health. Yeah. And I think especially at that t like period of time, yes. it was very stigmatized. And so they're like, oh, it's wrong. Like my child's perfect. I want them to be perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, I didn't do anything to mess them up. All right. Is yeah. that what everyone's looking at? Because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they just gone through a divorce. I think that was another part of it was like, they're like, oh, God, like what did our divorce do yeah. to her? And like, mm. yeah, we can't deal with another like, yeah, yeah, yeah thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think as I have grown, um, I think it's like I said, I didn't really talk about it at all until like the last couple of years. And I have a partner that like just adores me and he's so he's incredibly great with breakdowns yeah. and like handling all the Yay. different like mood swings and stuff. Yeah. And it's the first time I've had somebody like that. And he's just like incredible about it. My mom Yay. has come around and she actually was the one that convinced my dad to have me get some help. Wow. And yeah. And now she's like the biggest supporter and like fan. And she's just like she's anything she can do to help. She wants to help all the time. And mm -hmm. so it's it's really done a 180, but it took a long time to get there. There was so much stigma and I went to a Catholic school for 13 years, which okay. so add that into the military. Yeah, it's everything a lot. Was yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you talk yeah. about mental illness at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great, though, that they came around. It sounds like your mom is like a really, and I feel bad. I said that. I was like, no, they don't. No, I think like maybe like the term, I don't feel like, but I do think that, yes, the people that love me do support me because you have to be able to, yeah. to support me through the things I deal with or we probably wouldn't be close, you know? Yeah. And I think the people that understand that it is like a neurodivergence probably have even more patience for it, but that's yeah. awesome that you like have such a supportive partner and that your mom was able to come around and yeah. have your back. What I about you, Zane? Yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, I've had 
varying degrees of support. Um, and I feel like it's it, it depends on which one it is. Like ADHD, like nobody will be like, wow, you have a you don't have a lot of energy. Like a lot of people aren't going to argue with that one. But mm-hmm. bipolar, the mood disorder one, I feel like is the hardest one for people to kind of get because like when you are in a mood, like it can be it can be destructive, mm-hmm. you know? So like trying to understand that there's context to that destruction is kind of a difficult thing for people to grasp. Totally. Where, as you know, maybe being distracted, you could chalk it up to having ADHD, but like being a dick, you're just like, oh, he was probably just being a dick. And it's just like, no, man, like if I'm not a dick in every other in, in every other situation and I'm a dick in this situation, can we not agree that there was something off about either the situation or about my reaction to it? Was that yeah. not disproportionate to like what was happening? And yeah. if that's a pattern, then like, how can we recognize that? So that way you understand that the next time that I'm feeling like that, I'm not just being a dick. I'm reacting to my uh, mood disorder. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would, yeah, I would just, I would definitely say that like the support um, has been, it's been, it's been to varying degrees, but the people who do understand, like there's been people who I'm just like, you know, like I have, I feel like I have to explain this entire story to, and they also struggle with bipolar and they're just like, no, no. Like just understanding that you have bipolar is enough context for me. And I'm just like, that's, that's so freeing because like to everybody else, like they, they need, well, you were a dick. So then like, why did this happen? Then why did this happen? Then why did this happen? And it's like with the people who really do get it, they're just like, yeah, I can see how that would happen. Yeah, like, no sweat, man, I get it. Like, happened once, we're good. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think that, you know, just the the the, the support that we get um, with, with having any sort of neurodivergence is extremely important. Um, who do you feel like in your life has been especially supportive of you being neurodivergent? Definitely my mom and my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend's actually did people that are bipolar before me, and so he has a pretty good grasp on sure. how to handle things, what to do um, in, like, oh, a, a crisis situation. Yeah. Yeah. That could so. be a recipe for disaster, but I'm glad that it's not because two bipolar people, mm-hmm. it's yeah, I could see them just reacting to each other and being like, oh, I'm heightened, I'm heightened, I'm heightened, I'm heightened. But well, he's not bipolar. He's dated people in the past. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so that's how he's kind of learned how to do, um, deal with it. And then also his mom is a psychologist, so he understands, okay. or she was, and so he understands a lot about it that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then my mom came in, God bless her, knowing nothing about bipolar, not knowing how to deal with it or react to it, and she's every time she's just asked like what she can do to help and she's just gotten better at like figuring out like when I'm starting to spiral and when I like, I don't know, just helping in every way. And so I think those are probably the two most important people neurodivergent wise that have helped me out. Yeah. That's awesome. Zoe, what about you real quick? Um, The most helpful. Yeah. Probably my mom too, because I've also like think she's probably has ADHD too, which I think there's like a genetic component. So yeah, I think my mom, she gets me the most. And so she, and I think honestly, I'm that person for her too. Like, I think we are so similar that the parts of like, I'll get my sisters will complain about my mom or whatever. And I'm like, I do that too. <laughs> you know, like, so it's like, yeah. And even like I'll do annoying stuff and I'm like, got that from my mom. Like, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think probably my mom, because one, I am the most similar to her. And so I think she feels that way for me too. Like we are able to give yeah. it to each other, both back and forth kind of. Well, um, mine's my mom too. Aww. So uh, go moms. Thanks for being supportive. It's a moms. week late, but you I was gonna know, say, happy belated mother's yeah. day. Yeah, happy, happy belated, belated mother's day. day. I actually real quick before we go to commercial break, I called my mom on uh, Hispanic mother's day <laughs> oh, no. because I, saw a Hispanic family talking about Mother's Day and I was just like, oh God, I got to call my mom and I wished her happy Mother's Day and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Still counts. Yeah, yeah. So she got two of them this year. So. There you go. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio and Pretty Dope Experience Radio. 
every Saturday night at 10 p.m. The Shady Pines edition of Stranger Than Fiction with Mr. B. And we are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio and Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, Joel Palzane. Here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. And Mickey XO. Hey, yo. All right. So we're going to wrap up with one more segment, and we're going to talk about empathy. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we were just talking about in our last segment about uh, the people in our life that have empathy for us uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how important that's been to us. Um, what would you say is the importance of empathy in a relationship? Me? Yes. Empathy in a relationship. Well, I mean, I think it's for anybody. I think I think empathy is important. And I think like empathy is what connects people a lot of the time, right? Like when we can identify with other people's experiences or when we can like uh, feel com- like compassion for other people's emotions, like I think or connected to other people's emotions. I think it's a really big part of like how we feel connected and supported to other people. But something I also learned about um, empathy recently that I think is interesting is that we don't need to have empathy. Part of the problem with like racism and like other things like that, like other things that we don't understand, like things that we are socialized to not understand about like the way we harm each other and stuff. I think like um, the idea that we have to understand someone else's experience in order to have compassion for them, I think is actually harmful in some ways. And I think we should be able to take people's um, like expression of something that's harmful to them at at face value and say, I don't, because that's part of the problem is like, if we have a privilege or a a different position, social position than the person, we're probably not going to be able to empathize. And so I think part of being a good person is having compassion, even when you don't know what it feels like. Yeah. And I think it allows you to be compassionate towards more people when you don't require empathy as a way to care that they're struggling. Yeah. So I think it goes both ways. Does that make you think of anything, Mickey? Yeah, it does. I actually, it's funny, in my head I went, empathy is everything. So it's a little bit different answer. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that before either, but yeah. I think in any kind of relationship or any kind of like societal, like any kind of society, you need empathy because if everybody's just out for themselves all the time, nothing's ever going to get done. People are just going to, there's going to be more people like killing each other and harming each other and greed going on. Yeah. And I think um, outside of society too, in a relationship, I don't think you can have a successful relationship without empathy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like the, the, the best relationships I have had are ones where we connect through like empathy, where it's Mm -hmm. just like, I may not have been there, but I can understand why that was harmful to you or why that was so hurtful or Mm -hmm. why, why your experience of it was so intense. Um, and likewise, like people understanding that about me, because it's like, I, I feel like, there's a certain point of connection of just like having common interests, you know, Mm -hmm. like just kind of like base level. I like this. I like this too. But like when you see somebody struggling and you recognize that they're struggling and you feel like you've been recognized for your struggle, like that is what connects me the most with people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think so. I think so too. The people that I'm closest with, but I also think, um, I I think I just had a thought about what I said, but then it fell out of my head. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, So what helps you be more empathetic to other people? Mickey? That's a really good question. I think, um, first of all, the common ground is usually a big thing. But I think also just having struggled myself, and even if it's a different struggle, just knowing like how hard it is to get through it. Like if somebody, if we go back to mental health, if somebody has um, depression and I have bipolar, we might not have the same mental illness, but I can totally relate to the breakdown they're having or how they're yes. having a hard time. Yeah. And I think empathy just as a whole, like it's just so necessary for any kind of relationship in your life. Ooh, 
friendship or otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was that? Driving the point home, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think what I was thinking, yeah, no, I think, um, oh God, that distracted that me. distracted <laughs> you? No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> I keep having thoughts and then my brain's like, no, just listen to that sound. There's a squirrel. <laughs> oh, I wonder what that is. It's my neurodivergence showing up. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's my neurodivergence. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say about empathy? I don't know, Zane. What are you going to say about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess, I guess for me, it's, uh, what was my question? Sorry. I also have ADHD and that. There was sound. a loud noise and we got distracted. Yeah, we all got distracted no it's totally fine um but yeah i i don't know i guess like empathy for me is just it's it's really important and it's something that like you don't find in everybody you know yeah. it's something yeah. that like when you do find it like it it means just that much more you know like some people will listen to your story because they think it makes you feel better and some or some people will make listen to your story because it like makes them feel better having you know like tried to help but some people will like empathize with your story because they know that it helps you know like they'll try to understand it from every aspect just so that way they can so you feel seen yeah you know something i just thought of is that thing you said earlier about how like sometimes like if somebody tries to like say i think it was your mom you were referencing like saying um i know how you feel and like that can be a trigger yeah. so i think that's like the other side of empathy right where like sometimes i think and i think maybe that's where i didn't even understand like it's not like it, like you can have compassion without empathy and sometimes it's valuable to acknowledge that you don't understand someone's experience because sometimes people yeah. do need to feel unique in their experiences yeah. but i think that's a really and as like a mental health professional it's something i'm trying to navigate because i think it is really like like a thin line between like no i know what you're going through and that's being like no you don't fucking know what i'm going through yeah. but then sometimes people really do need to hear i know what you're going through you know so it's like trying to determine when this person like determine when it, it when you need to go as far as empathy and when you don't need to go as far as empathy or, and the person doesn't need you to say i get it because that makes them feel less heard in their experience and maybe just saying i just acknowledge your struggle maybe i don't need to feel it with you but i feel compassion and pain for you and what you're going through right yeah. i don't know i think empathy is like a kind of a muddy term in that way or the way we understand it is a yeah little, well and i think a nuanced. lot of people get empathy and sympathy confused there i hear people uh, mix up more, the word and yeah. like that that drives me nuts they're just like i'm sympathetic and i'm yeah. just like what you mean is empathetic because i don't want sympathy yeah you know? yeah totally so do you think compassion is more like sympathy than like the way i mean like i'm using that word compassion do you think those two things like are... do you think compassion do i think compassion is a step below like empathy yeah. where it's like you don't have to you're not like i'm feeling this with you but you're also not like i feel bad for you for this happening yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's nuance around how we care about other people's feelings. I yeah, guess it's sort of yeah. like the, I, I think the compassion is there. kind of like the, yeah. the middle ground of of like it's it's saying that you acknowledge their struggle, but it's not saying that you feel bad for them because it's happening. And it's not saying I've had that happen to me. So, you know, yeah. I know what it's like. Well, and I think that is like one of the like with emotional intelligence, right? Like no, knowing when someone needs to be validated, like I get it. And, and then another time when probably that isn't going to make them feel like they need to feel unique in their experience. You know? I just like, want you to listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would be the most validating thing for you to hear when, when you're looking for maybe some compassion or empathy? Definitely not. I feel bad for you. That's like the yeah. worst thing yeah. someone yeah. could probably ever yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might work for some people, but majority of people I know, they would be like, that's unfortunate that you feel that way. Yeah. 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 I'd say the things I look for most, um, understanding is always a, a big one. Especially um, since I'm still fairly newly diagnosed with bipolar and finding people that understand has been a huge help and like joy to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe joy is not the right word. It but, might like, be. It's joyous for me. I, yeah. I I don't like wish everybody had bipolar, but like no, but I you do. wish everybody could. My <laughs> evil villain plan. <laughs> Being understood is, I think, something you can wish for everybody, right? Like, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. I think it's understanding, and I just think it's just 
like you say, compassion. Like I think everybody wishes, at least majority of people wish that everybody in the world cared about everybody enough to like fight things like world hunger or homelessness. Mm -hmm. And it's a sad reality that they don't care enough. But I think the people that have compassion, you can always tell when it's genuine compassion versus like sympathy or like trying to make a point to like feel better about themselves or to like yeah. you know, to prove something to other people. Yeah. And so I think genuine compassion is what's needed. For yeah. Just, like just compassion in general. Well, and I like what you said about understanding because it's like, I feel like there can't really be a true level of compassion or empathy without like a true level of understanding. Like if you haven't mm -hmm. gotten to a point where you're like, I feel understood in what I'm going through. Therefore, any like empathy or uh, compassion that you're giving me is with a true understanding of the situation. Like it, it always feels disingenuous because it's like, oh, you just you got as much information as you needed to be like, I'm sorry that happened. And then now we're done talking about it. Yeah. That makes me think about like somebody getting educated about like, like if you don't have the same mental illness as somebody or the same whatever experiences, like we can educate ourselves about other people's experiences. And I think that's like another way of showing, like you were saying, kind of like someone showing you they care is like, hey, I went and learned about this thing that you're experiencing, even though I can't personally experience it. I know you're experiencing it and I care about you. And like now I have more knowledge about the thing you're experiencing. Like that can be kind of like a gift to yeah. give to somebody too, right? Definitely. Like, that's how I feel about like my boyfriend. He's not bipolar, but he has done a lot of like not even just research on bipolar but just like me personally and how I feel and how it affects me and how he can help navigate that for me whenever I feel like I can't control myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I had somebody recently uh like I had been talking to them and I was just like hey, I'm not doing well. I don't think we should talk right now. And like, that was something that like, I don't usually do because usually like I will be in like a crisis or I'll be having a breakdown and I will, it's almost like I just take everyone along for the ride and see who sticks around. But I was just like, you know what? I really care about you. Uh, I think putting distance between us uh, for right now would be the best thing. And so that's what I did. And then they were like, okay, cool. Well, when we, you know, reconnect, hopefully we can talk more. And I was like, just having somebody who was understanding enough to be like, you need space and I can mm -hmm. respect that space meant so much. And it gave me like so much faith in people because I've had so many people where it's like, I've, I've said, I have to walk away or I say that I can't do this right now. And that if you can't do it right now, then don't bother doing it forever, you know? Yes, and it's, yeah the people almost like hold it over your head. And I'm like, you're not even understanding why I'm asking for the space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm asking for space. So that way I can preserve our relationship, not so I can destroy it in some inadvertent way. That just made me think about how like when you do struggle with mental illness, sometimes it forces you to like have better boundaries. And then that made me think about like the idea of like how like how do you do either of you guys relate to this? Like the idea that like being neurodivergent or having like different brains or whatever can also like we also have gifts that come out of there, like different skills. Oh, yeah. Like what do you do you identify as having like certain things that you feel like are like strengths of the things that you struggle with as well yeah actually not to tie it back to our current topic but i think but, empathy is a huge one I think. Yeah. oh yeah that's like, a great point yeah, yeah i think empathy and then um you know more obvious one is like channeling it through art and having like kind of this platform to not only speak about but to to uh i can't think of the words oh my gosh but yeah to having art and being able being able to like express take a breakdown it. and yeah exactly have some kind of way to express it and I think an outlet, maybe. I don't know if this is like <laughs> bad to say. I think it makes people more interesting. No, I think that's yeah, like right. something that's a little different with them. And yeah. so I think it's 
not fun to have bipolar, no. but it does make you more interesting and it makes you more empathetic. And I think those are both two really good strengths to have in yeah. life. Yeah. I would I would agree with that, especially with bipolar, because it's like having experienced such extreme emotions, I'm like more empathetic for people's extreme emotions. If somebody's really going through it and being like, oh, just Yo, I've been there. Like, I've (laughs) been that angry. I've been that sad. I've been that mad, you know, like Mm -hmm. just being able to see that. um, I would say like a kind of a superpower, too, is just having experienced those extreme emotions. I have a better way of like explaining them, you know, and putting them into music, putting them into comedy, because it's like because I've experienced the the strongest for what for me feels like the strongest form of anger, the strongest form of sadness. It's like being able to put that into words for people who've experienced even just a fraction of it, you know, people really relate, you know, they may not understand it exactly, but they understand a part of it at least. Yeah. When you're kind of educating people who don't have those experiences too, by, by sharing it in your yeah. art too. Like yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, Mickey XO and I made a song called better man, which I'm working on releasing. Uh, and it's, it's actually just kind of about bipolar in those moments when you, when you lose yourself and you say things that you don't mean. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I I think that, you know, I I have a lot of people in my life who are empathetic for those moments, but I've definitely had people in the past that I've lost because I didn't know how to put into words like, hey, that wasn't me in that moment. Like that was me in that moment, but mm-hmm. that wasn't me in that mm-hmm. moment. I was like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> not even realizing that like. It's so for me, like when I would like make mistakes and before I was medicated as bipolar, I was like, oh, there's just something wrong with me. I didn't there, I didn't have a like a platform or any kind of knowledge about what was going on. And so I didn't even know how to apologize because I couldn't even explain it. Yeah. 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 That's that. I think that's a really important thing to bring up is yeah. Like you, you, it's hard to apologize when you don't even know where that came from. Like, they're yeah. like, where did that come from? And you're like, I also don't know. I can also agree. <laughs> totally. I, they, that was out of hand. I don't know why that happened either. But yeah. once you have that empathy for yourself, then you can, you know, offer other people the opportunity to meet you in that same space. Yeah, I was just thinking for me, I was thinking like it's almost like having a label that helps me understand the things that I the behaviors that I do that are more difficult allows me to feel less shame and acknowledging the way that it impacts other people because I don't feel like I'm being like I'm just like this and I just hurt people or I just annoy people or whatever. It's like I can say sorry. It's easier to say sorry. It's easier to acknowledge when you understand that there's something that's like physiologically going on in your brain. Yeah. Or I don't know if that's the right word, but like biologically going on in your body that's making that thing more challenging for you or your yeah. emotion, emotional regulation. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Well, that's all we got time for. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really? Yep. End? That's all, that was. We hit the 30 minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yep, that was it. Thanks for hanging out for the smoke break. <laughs> that might have been abrupt. Bye. 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 <laughs>